McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Cheer up. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And we are live and wired on the DC TV podcast, YouTube channel, and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to catch up on what Katie McGrath has been up to since the Supergirl TV series <laughs> ended. So uh, we are going to do that by uh, talking about uh, a Peacock original series in a format we call Pilot Pod, uh, kind of something we stole from the uh, Legendary Ladies podcast. But uh, we do it here on Supergirl Radio as well. And what a Pilot Pod is, is... We watch the pilot of a TV series and we talk about it. Uh, so we're going to be doing that with a Peacock original series titled The Continental from the World of John Wick. And uh, I guess before we get into the actual episode, Morgan, uh, I'm curious, what is your history with the world of John Wick? That is a great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> My history is that somebody told me the premise of the first John Wick movie. They were like, Keanu Reeves. I was like, great, I'm in. They're like, hold on. He gets a puppy. I was like, great, I'm in. I love that. <laughs> I love that for him. And they're like, hold on. Hold on for a second. They're like, and then his wife dies. I was like, I don't love that for him. And then they're like, and then his puppy is murdered. And I was like, tell me no more of this film. It is dead to me. <laughs> so, so despite the fact that I've actually heard that the John Wick movies are like really fun, um, I've actually never seen them. And so when we talked about <laughs> a couple months ago, we talked about watching the Continental uh, for our girl, Kina McGraw. Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah. What I'm going to do to prepare for this, to do my homework is I'm going to watch all the John Wick movies and then I'm going to be able to dive into the world of John Wick. <laughs> this is what I thought and what I hoped and what I <laughs> dreamed for myself. But the truth is that I didn't watch a single John Wick movie. <laughs> and then suddenly we were watching this and I was like, I don't have time. So I thought actually what it could be fun. I was like, okay, actually, actually my lack of homework is really a way to make this podcast more fun and dynamic, <laughs> right? Because I was like, now what we'll do is we'll come at it as somebody who's seen the movies and right. somebody who hasn't seen the movies. And Perfect. we'll see if it works for both levels. Yeah. So we'll see if the pilot actually did a good job of setting up the world of John, the Wick. world of John Wick. See, I did it for the, I did it for the podcast. Yes, I denied myself <laughs> the many John Wick movies because of, uh, of you know, wanting to give it a different kind of a different flavor for this podcast. I really appreciate your commitment to the podcast and your dedication to Thank your you. homework for yourself. You. <laughs> <laughs> My lack of homework, as it were. Well, your homework was no homework exactly uh, exactly <laughs> and i did great <laughs> you did great at it um i actually for this podcast i binged all 
three of the John Wick movies that are available on Peacock. I thought maybe John Wick 4 was available, but I think it came out March of 2023. Oh. And I don't know where is to watch it. Four? There is a chapter oh. four and I, I didn't, didn't see that. it on Peacock. So the oh, only yeah, one it, it just come out. It came out sometime this year. The only one I'm lacking is John Wick chapter four, which seems like according to the descriptions I've read, Really, really up in the ante in the John Wick universe. So, uh oh, how does it get any bigger? <laughs> I hope that the John Wick movies, like the uh, Fast and Furious movies, just begin to like leave the planet Earth. Like the more movies you get in, the more they are just gods among men. <laughs> well, that's kind of already happened in some sweet. <laughs> so, I guess I can give you like a a a. a how should I say a, a blanket overview? A really yes. like like uh, a real. Uh, uh, mm, how should I say this? Kind of a like a not a history lesson, but kind of a a, a like a like little a summary. Bit. Yeah, a summary. Yes. Okay. Like give us the cliff notes of the uh, of cliff the world notes. of John Wick. That is a good way <laughs> to put that. Thank you, Aaron. I was trying to think of a word of how to say. Uh, a short synopsis, but also tell you things. That was very difficult. So the cliff notes, perfect. Um, so John Wick is a man who was a, a hitman assassin, if you will. And he wanted out of that life of crime. Gotta and get so out. he had to do what is called like a, like a marker. So you do this kind of blood oath with someone else. So you, uh, so uh, you put your, like uh, cut your thumb and you put your thumbprint on this thing and the other person puts their thumbprint on the thing. And then uh, so this other person helped him get out of this life of being a hitman. And he lives five blissful years with this woman, his wife, and then she dies of cancer. And it's very sad. Aww. So uh, upon her death, a puppy gets delivered to his house and his wife writes him this lovely letter about, you know, John, even after I'm gone, please still love something else. And so he's supposed to love this puppy. Oh, and, no. And everybody, you think, and it is actually really gruesome. If you don't want to, uh, does the dog die.com kind of situation, it is gruesome. They not only murder the puppy, they kill, they put the dead puppy, like John Wick is lying on the floor and they put it so that the puppy and John Wick are looking at each other. It no. is, it is rough. It is gr gruesome. <laughs> see, see, I, I, I've known for for many, many years. I've known since the first movie came out, and I've read just a like a boilerplate description that I could not handle that part of the movie. Uh, and every time Mike tries to get me to watch John Wick, he always does it by saying, "We'll skip the first ten minutes." <laughs> <laughs> you know the premise; it's fine. We'll just go straight into the killing. <laughs> In a redemptive measure of the John Wick dog situation. John Wick does get another dog. Spoiler alert. Awesome. And the dog is great. He lives through at least chapter three to my nice. knowledge. Good. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what, I don't know what happens in the fourth one, but he's, I living, feel like through, you he's, get, he's living through John Wick three. You get one traumatic dog death in like a movie series. Like yeah. if you're just constantly killing the dog, like don't put a dog in there. Yeah. <laughs> What's and, wrong with you people? And then I should say, this is also kind of a small spoiler, uh, but Halle Berry shows up in John Wick 3. Halle Berry? And, and she's got dogs. <gasps> and they're and they're awesome. They're actually like killer dogs. So they're oh, like, oh my God. God. <laughs> they're like rubbing people up. So Halle <laughs> Berry's assassin dog series. 
there's a lot of dogs. There's a lot of dogs in the John Wick's universe, and in the Continental, we see a dog pooping on the street. So I think that was an homage. There you go. To all of the dogs in the world of John Wick, there's a dog in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Very loosely hinted at the dogs of the world of John Wick, but I guess to uh, also further explain, because I don't actually, I'm curious. Yeah, if some of this translated for you, because in the world of John Wick, everyone is an assassin. Everyone is a hitman. It yeah, is like a Leviathan. Is like it's like a Leviathan. We uh, are everywhere. Everyone. <laughs> yes, everyone. Your your butcher could be a hitman. Your hairdresser could be a hitman. Your what about your ba- ba- what about your baker and your candlestick maker? <laughs> your, your baker and your candlestick maker, all hitmen. Um. So <laughs> so no matter where you go, it could be mm-hmm. the homeless guy on the street. It could be that sumo wrestler giant man uh, walking past you in the neighborhood. He's I really also a hitman who wants to kill like, you. I hope that the sumo wrestler thing is like part. Is that from a movie? Please. I say feel. Yes. I feel like that's John Wick three. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, <laughs> there's like this giant man who looks like he was probably a sumo wrestler. Uh, in John Wick three, uh, a hit goes out on John Wick uh, from around the globe. So everyone around the world is trying to kill John Wick. Uh-oh. So that's that's real fun. So anyway, I guess to sum it up, uh, hitmen uh, everywhere. And uh, nobody seems to care. A lot of people die out in public. Uh, no consequences <laughs> happen to these people. Um, so uh, a lot of people die. Keanu Reeves going around killing everybody. He's not a real great shot, though. It takes him a long time to do this. Uh, <laughs> lots trying, of pew-pews. <laughs> lot of, lots of pew-pews. Lots of uh, hitting uh, knife stabby stabby stuff. Uh, real gruesome stuff, but uh, he does uh, go around killing lots of people. Uh, which I will say about the the world of John Wick is yes. that the uh, <laughs> the films are beautiful. The mm-hmm. uh, the coloring of them, the cinematography is very good, and the uh, action sequences also top notch because it they are directed by a stuntman, a stuntman choreographer. Whoa! Um, so I that's why that. that's why uh, the stunts are very good because it's directed by. A guy who knows what he's talking about with stunts. Makes so sense. Um, John Wick movies are very entertaining. Uh, it's very difficult to keep up with who is who, which I found <laughs> to also be the case in the TV show. But uh, I found that to be true as well. So I had the I had the true movie experience. You had the true movie experience. So I guess trying to set up a little bit of the world of John Wick. Uh, killers are everywhere. Lots of people die. Um so, Morgan, what was your experience what, like watching this pilot? Did you feel like it did a good job of introducing the world and the characters for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I knew enough about John Wick that, like, it was about, you know, it was about assassins. I knew that. I knew that there was, like, a lot of pew-pews. There's, like, a lot of shooting. There's a lot of fighting. Um, so I was sort of prepared for that. Um, there was other stuff that I was confused about. And I think that, like, the pilot... Well, I, it's, I, was, I wanted to say pilot, but it's, like... It's like a it's like a movie. It's an hour and a half. It's like it's a 90 minute episode one and there's it's a mini series. So there's only three episodes. I think they're all that length. And they're all so long. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how how long are the other episodes? Oh my God. Uh when I saw the length of all <laughs> honestly, the funniest thing must have been, Rebecca, when I put on the uh 
the episode yesterday and I saw how long it was, just like the ex- the expletives that came out of my mouth. <laughs> was like, 90 minutes? You've got to be kidding me. Um, and for 90 minutes, I feel like I wish uh, I, I would have liked to have known the characters a little bit better at the end of that runtime or feel like I was a little bit more invested in the character aspect of the show. I also didn't understand like what, what, why all the assassins lived in a hotel. (laughs) I didn't understand why they were all so into like the U S mint. I didn't like, they like, (laughs) we we gotta make them coins. (laughs) What? Why? What year is this? I didn't, I didn't understand why the, uh, the main brothers, like why the Frankie stole that mint. And I didn't understand. Yeah. The coin press. Yeah, I didn't understand why it was so important, why he would go out on a limb to steal it. Um, I feel like after 90 minutes, like, at least one of those two answers should have been answered. Like, I don't need to, maybe, I don't need to know why it's, like, the most important coin press of all time. Um, Sure, right? Whatever. Uh, But, like, it would be nice to know what his motivation was, uh, him and his wife, whose name was Yen? Yes. Yen. I kept on wanting to say Yennefer. <laughs> I know that's the Witcher. <laughs> I, was like, the Witcher. I was like, I was like, is it short for Yennefer? A totally real name? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be nice to know why they like, you know, they seem like they had like a sweet little situation going on there. Like, why did they put their lives in danger, like to steal this thing? Why was it so important? Like that, at least I feel like would have been great to know in episode one, if episode one is going to be 90 minutes. Okay. I guess before I answer some of those questions for you or, <laughs> okay. att- or attempt perfect. to. Perfect. Perfect. I, I did. I did forget to read the description for this episode, which might catch ah, everybody else. Okay. <laughs> uh, the description for this first episode of the continental from the world of John Wick is uh, titled brothers in arms. And, and this is the description quote, Winston Scott gets roped into a vast conspiracy triggered by his brother's raid on the continental unquote. So, uh, so we get uh, introduced to Winston Scott, who is uh, the brother of Frankie Scott, who is the guy you mentioned who did steal the uh, coin mm-hmm. press and is the husband to Yen. So we've got some of those characters kind of lined up so far. So, uh, so Winston is uh, he's actually a character from the film franchise. He's, he's, oh. a, he's, a, he's a big deal from the films. Okay. Um, in the, in the films, he's a much older version. I, sh- I shouldn't say much older. That sounds mm-hmm. bad. He is an older version of uh, Winston Scott. And he's actually a friend to John Wick. He is the, the manager yeah. of the hotel of the continental. Um, he's a, a pretty big deal within the John Wick universe. And so he actually dresses the same in this sort of prequel series of the Continental. Um, and so I, there were par- elements of his character that I recognized from the film series. So I thought the actor who did the younger Winston, I think, did a pretty good job. Now, as far as I know, Frankie and Yen are new characters. Mm-hmm. They are not in the John Wick movies, although I watched them very quickly. So who, who knows? They may have been mentioned. <laughs> they, could, they could have been in there. You know, it was, it was really funny watching what is like a prequel to a popular movie series, because there were definitely times when I felt like the show almost stopped to be like, yeah, you know, 
And I was like, <laughs> actually, I don't. I don't know. You can keep winking at me. I don't understand what the wink. Like, it's so weird to know that there is a reference happening, but you do not understand what the <laughs> reference is. Like, I know, like, by the way that this character is walking in that, like, I should recognize him and be like, oh. <gasps> But instead, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> cool. You, if you had watched the movies, you would have had that reaction to uh, this character, whose name is Sharon. Yes. yes, thank you. Okay, that was the character where I could tell that, like, movie watchers were going to be like, oh, my God, it's Sharon. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I was just like, I like that guy's glasses. <laughs> Yeah, so Sharon is also a younger version of himself from the movies uh, when he appears in the Continental. He is uh, kind of the concierge slash right-hand man to the hotel manager. He uh, In the film series, he uh, works a lot with Winston Scott. So uh, oh. here, here in the TV show, he's sort of the assistant to a character named Cormac O'Connor, played by Mel Gibson. So he functions in the same uh position but he's with a, a different he's like under a different leader and i found in the john wick uh wiki that sharon in greek mythology serves as the ferryman into the underworld so uh, i thought that was interesting that his character would sort of reflect that in the film uh franchise as well as the tv show he's he's sort of the guy that you come to when you when you go into the Continental, you go to the front desk and you see Sharon and he checks you in. Um, oh. So that is his function in the Continental. So I guess I could help uh, maybe possibly explain the Continental. I, I did have one other question. Was KD supposed to be a character? Is like that a character from the movies? Because that was another one that felt like they were like, get it? Because that's what it's short for. And I was like, <laughs> cool. So, Katie, to my knowledge, is not in the ah, film franchise. Okay. She is a, uh, a, I believe, a new character. Katie goes into the Continental. Everybody keeps telling her not to go. She's like, don't, don't you do it. She goes in and she tries to pay for a drink with American money and American currency. And everybody's looking at her like, what are you doing? And they're all kind of watching her uh, because they all pay with the gold coins. So oh. the gold coins. So she is obviously a stranger in the Continental because you could see that she was paying with American currency and not the gold coins. So and the not gold like coins, the balloons, like everybody else, like everybody <laughs> normal. <laughs> so the gold coins are the currency of the underworld, of the criminal underworld. Uh, ah. There's this. Uh, there's this organization called the High Table. I can't remember if they mentioned them. In the I don't episode. think so, but I could be wrong. <laughs> so the, the high table in my mind is kind of like the Illuminati. They're like oh. these, these people that control everything and kind of the, the shadows. And so the high table uh, are these people who set these rules. The adjudicator answers to the high table. Um, and we'll, we will talk about her because that's kind of the reason that we watched this show. But uh, the uh, gold coins are the currency of like the high table in this underground world of Hitman, because or Hitman, Hitman is that a plural for Hitman? Hit that feels <laughs> weird to say Hitman. Hitman. <laughs> Hitman sounds like, some, sounds like somebody's last name. <laughs> it's me, Morgan. The, uh, Hitman. <laughs> 
the plural of hitman, I guess, is hitmen. So maybe I'll say hitmen. It's a murder of assassins, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) So all of the hitmen, hitmen. I, I feel like the uh, the way you uh, go down on, on men <laughs> I, is, I do think is so. how is how Very you important. make a difference in the pronunciation. <laughs> men. The, if you are a hitman in the John Wick universe, you pay for your meals, your hotel room, your guns. If you buy more guns, because they will give you guns at the Continental. There's oh, you go nice. see this. You go see the sommelier <laughs> of the ho- of the hotel. Uh, the, of the Continental, and he, instead of giving you wine, will give you guns. Um, so oh. that's how that works in the Continental and the John Wick movies. So I've got so. a quick question, and this is a very stupid question. Um, <laughs> but prepare yourselves. So <laughs> in the current timeline of the movies, is the Continental known to be where the hitmen uh, <laughs> hang out? Or, like, do they occasionally have a tourist who accidentally, like, booked on, like, booking.com just come in really confused? Okay, I feel like my uh, stream yard has frozen. Oh, it Am looks I... like it, yeah. Oh, man. I thought it was mine that was having issues. <laughs> no, it's always mine. Recently, it's been mine. Um, let's, uh, I, I'm going to pause on that question. I'm gonna I'm gonna restart my streamyard and I'm gonna come back. If you will pop Morgan, if you will pop into the chat and maybe answer a few questions, I will be back and then we will talk about the uh, movie universe timeline and the current uh, or the TV show timeline and how people uh, uh, utilize the continental as a space. So I will be right back. Sure. Yes. Okay. The fine establishment of the continental. really well-rated hotel. It looks very swanky. Um, so I'm going to go into the chat. So uh, I see that uh, Callie says, needs more Katie McGraw. That was uh, my sub subheader, uh, if you're a podcast listener, um, because it does need more Ka- Katie McGraw. She was in one scene, one single scene of this, uh, of this episode, and I think there should have been more scenes. Um... So Mind the Gap says the John Wick movies are like self-aware action movies fully committed to the genre. So that does sound like something I would enjoy uh, past the puppy death. Um, And then Mind the Gap also says the director or writer of the movie said somewhere that the coins are like membership cards, not literal currency. But it sounds like they are trading them in for guns. So that sounds currency adjacent to me. Okay, so this is a good uh, <laughs> point. It, it to me, it always felt like a currency in terms of like if you gave them a coin, they would give you something. Okay, so it's like video game rules. And and John Wick had a lot of them. It wasn't just like a membership card that they would like hand in to, to get a hotel room. Like they would uh, gather up coins as if they it was like a bank account or something so uh, i just yeah like the idea of like keanu reeves coming with like a giant sack of coins and like slapping them down on the counter it's, that's not that far what? off <laughs> i mean he doesn't do that exactly but he uh in the movies he has this uh place in his house that later gets blown up that's a whole other thing oh my and god he, he can't catch a break <laughs> john, <laughs> john wick is that hard life he really um, has but uh 
in his house, he had this, uh, like he would go into a basement and then he would like, like break this concrete part of his floor. And then he would go in there and he'd pull out all these guns and then he'd have this whole case of those gold coins. So he was, he was saving them for stuff. So, uh, it was, uh, something that he would use anytime he needed something. If he was going somewhere and he needed a new suit. He would, you know, give them a gold coin or something like that. So wait, he can, you can, so the coins are not just for like hotel amenities, like a little drinky drink or like the penthouse suite or like a bunch of guns. It's also like, I need a new suit here. I'm pretty, my sure, doubloon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he gave somebody a coin so he could get a new suit. I, uh, that hotel I, is a full service, a full service establishment. <laughs> So you asked the question uh, now yes. that my now that my Chrome is I think again. I think a very important question, which is like, is John Wick and the all the assassins, all the hitmen, if you will, <laughs> are they just sort of milling around where while like like a family from South Dakota is like, oh my god, we're going <laughs> to Times Square. <laughs> so uh, only people who are in this criminal underworld with the gold coins can sure. enter in and uh, get a room. Okay, because so, Katie walked right in there. <laughs> she was not supposed to. And her police mm. officer boyfriend, I guess, um, uh, told her not to go in there. So the police know that you're not supposed to go in there. The Continental is seen mm. as a safe haven for all of these criminals, for these hitmen. Interesting. <laughs> so, Interesting. <laughs> so, so and and there's a rule with the Continental. I don't know if they, yeah, they, they uh, talked about it in this first episode. That you cannot, because this is a hotel full of hitmen, mm-hmm. uh, they cannot shoot each other while they are there. They do. They do talk about it in the first episode because the one guy, uh, like, basically points to the balcony is like, you know, if you don't, if you want your family to live, you're gonna jump. Yeah. Uh, and the guy does jump. Now it seems <laughs> so. Do they live at the Continental? Is it, are are they, I'm just, so one of my critiques when I was watching this episode is I said, it feels like I'm watching a video game. And at the deeper I get into the lore, the more like Mario, it's starting to sound to me. Like they're just, they're just out there doing crimes to like collect gold coins so that they can like change them in for, for like a mushroom or something. Like, I don't <laughs> Like I, I, I have to do the crimes because, because I need a new duvet cover. So they do get paid money. Okay, okay, that was an important, important <laughs> aspect. I think I needed to get to. So there is a, a sequence in the, but that's a great question, though. It's a good question because a lot of what they show is that they have the gold coins and they use it for everything. <laughs> okay, okay, but, that makes me feel a little bit better. But in the John Wick film franchise, if somebody puts a hit out on someone else, uh, all the all the hitmen will get a notification like, hey, there's an open, you know, an open call for hitman uh, for this case. Uh, So and so needs to get murdered. So uh, if you're available and willing to try for it, you can uh, you can get seven million dollars. They'll is get, like, like a, a notification on their phone. I was just saying, is it, like, a text blast? Do they, like, get, like, a Gossip Girl update? <laughs> sort of, yes. XOXO, spotted. Okay. <laughs> okay, this gets even better with the John Wick universe. Okay, so okay. the notifications are sent out by this, like, uh, telephone operator group. 
So are there are these people that are like old school telephone operators, one of which is uh, the Penguin from Gotham on Fox. Really? Yes. Also, Ruby Rose is in this franchise. What? Thought I would point. And she's a mute, by the way. So she didn't probably get paid very much because she didn't say anything. Oh, there's unkind things I could say. You, but <laughs> you need to watch these movies. Close oh, your eyes during all the violence. Sounds, but I mean, it does it's... sound really. <laughs> I just, I want to know so much more. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing that they've set up this whole <laughs> hitman society uh, where they're like they're they have their like special. Could you imagine like like the people who do the the little operator system like. Just like they get up in the morning, they're like, oh, off to work. And then yeah. they get, like, patched, like, assassinations through. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> That's they wild. Also, they also have to, if somebody, if the adjudicator comes in and uh, sets a rule, they have to, like, get out their book, their rule books and they put a stamp on something and it, then it goes into effect. So, so they have, like, you, a whole assassin society that yes. has, like, rules of law and, like, you know, like, decorum that you have to. Yes. you have to abide by and they do abide by it okay so, so the continental like i said is a safe haven so if you are on the premises of the continent continental nobody can hit, hit you know harm you so uh at some point john wick in one of the movies he gets really beat up he's like about to drop dead he puts his hand on the first step of the hotel he's safe he's good Whoa. nobody can touch him so the continental is seen to them as like this place where they can go, like they can go to and nothing will uh, come of harm come to them. So they spend a lot of their time, I would imagine, at this place. And they all know there. each other. Yes. And it's like, yeah, they all know each other. So it's kind of like the bar from Cheers. <laughs> it, it is. Everybody knows who John Wick is. He's very famous. Um, and John Wick only had his house with his wife because he had quit that life of crime. Ah. He, had got, he had gotten out. He got he, out. He wasn't doing it anymore. And then they killed his dog. And he was like, and then they had to kill his dog. And he's hit, like, hit him in right life back, for me. I'm right back in. <laughs> so, yes. So that is kind of the idea behind the Continental, that they have rules and regulations. And that only really people in this underworld are allowed to be there. So that's why when KD goes in there. People are like, there's like a basically a re record scratch when she. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is this now? She paid with money, not doubloons. <laughs> yes, but they do get paid. They will get paid if they, they do uh, get paid successfully actual, kill somebody. Actual yes. money. So they don't have to like live at. That was kind of what I was getting to. Is like, do they have to live at this hotel because all, all they have is a bunch of gold coins? What do you <laughs> no. think, Bunsen? Would you like some gold coins? Bunsen is here to weigh in. He watched the the first episode of the Continental as well. He, <laughs> to be fair, he napped through a lot of it so he didn't get some of the finer plot points, and he was like, "Not enough cats." Yeah, really, the John, the world of John Wick is really dog heavy. Dog uh, heavy, no cats. He was he started to lose interest. <laughs> so I, I guess uh, let's kind of go through some more of these characters. I guess uh, because Winston is like a really uh, big deal in the show and in the film franchise, we didn't really talk about him too much. No. But what, did, what did you think about the the Winston character? I liked his character. I felt like 
out of, I mean, obviously he's kind of the main character, at, at least it seems, in this miniseries. And I thought that we had like a pretty good introduction to him. You have some like mysteries or some backstory that you still have to learn about his family, like why he and his brother were in the police office in the the first you know scene of the of the pilot, right. and you know what uh, apparently his brother took the fall for him for something. But what was it? And like, why did he take the fall for him? I'm sorry, Bunsen is moving my laptop just very slowly, very steadily, <laughs> just rubbing against it, moving it a little bit, a little bit where he wants it. So, uh, but yeah, I liked, I liked Winston. It, it is interesting <laughs> that he's like a character from the movie because I, I could have definitely just bought that he was an original character. It does make me think that something is going to happen to a Cormac O'Connor. It does uh, seem that way. Winston to take his place. He doesn't seem like a great. He doesn't seem like a great guy. Is the no. Thing. And I, I guess since uh, we're here, uh, what did you think about Mel Gibson uh, in this? I first did episode? not know Mel Gibson was in this, and I went, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 not a big fan. Not a big fan. Lots of obvious reasons why. Uh, he was fine though. He was doing like an uh, like an accent, like a he, kind of a. I yeah. don't know what the like accent. a like a like a like a stereotypical gangster kind like of like a yeah like a gangstery accent. I wasn't sure what exactly what region it was going for. Um, but it was it was it was going. It wasn't, I mean, he wasn't bad or anything. I was just like, Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Cormac is apparently the uh, father figure to Winston and Frankie and uh, sort of raised him in this, raised them in this sort of criminal life. Yeah, I got that, but like only sort of secondhand through like dialogue inferences, like the way that they were talking to each other. I feel like a little bit of backstory might've been a little bit more backstory might've been nice on these characters. Um, it is episode one, but there's only three. Um, <laughs> so and you had 90 minutes. And it's 90 minutes. And I am a third of the way through this story <laughs> now. Uh, so I feel like it would have been great to kind of just like get a little bit more flavor for that relationship because I assumed that they knew each other somehow. And it did seem like, you know, both both of the brothers knew him. But I, I, I was like, probably they maybe they worked for him. Yeah, maybe he was a father figure. But I, I wasn't 100% sure, honestly. Yeah, that it was uh, difficult for me even to jump on with these characters because there were a lot of characters. So many characters. Uh, Two of whom, it took me a little while to kind of figure out who they were. Uh, Apparently, these characters are named Lou and Miles. They are brother and sister, and they uh, own a karate dojo. And uh, yeah, they do. Oh, oh is uh, Bunsen uh, hanging out? With Bunsen us? has flopped now, and so Bunsen <laughs> is just—he's with us. He's blessed. He's blissed. He's loving it, unbothered. <laughs> so I guess this is just kind of where he—he's completely flopped down on my desk. Um, He's—he's he's knocked some things over in Uh-oh. his attempt, in his attempt to uh, to flip there, but yeah, he looks like he's having a good time. He is. 
he is having yes you are having a great time <laughs> you can kind of get some bunsen in there <laughs> move it over so that he can he can make a little appearance there you go he's, he's just here for the storytelling and the, he, the discussion he he's like he's like again i i i i want to say not enough cats in this one not enough cats <laughs> i think there should be a character in the john wick universe who's just a real big cat person i agree i agree i feel like that's what this movie is <laughs> that's what the show is missing that's what the movies are missing but we got a lot of dog representation that's great dogs get a lot of representation what about the cats what about these little cats what what would you think if they introduced uh, a bad guy in the john wick universe who had cats <gasps> i mean what? i feel like i feel like katie mcgraw's character Ooh, there was some, yes there was, she was she seemed a little crazy i could go for like full crazy cat lady <laughs> yes i i think that actually could work um so the adjudicator is in a john wick chapter three the third movie in the franchise oh. and she is a real piece of work so the adjudicator so is- essentially um, it seems like this is more of a like a title than a character because yes. um, this series, which one of the cool things about the show, I think, is that it's a period piece that takes place in like the seventies. Yes. Um, and if Katie McGraw is the adjudicator, then there's no way this lady on the right could be the adjudicator now and that be the same lady, unless I, unless we don't know if there's vampires in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're the same lady. Uh, but there could be uh, multiple adjudicators. So this could just be one of the adjudicators. So the adjudicator basically goes around. If somebody breaks a rule, she goes and addresses them and says, okay, you broke this rule. We're going to impose this punishment on you. So she was, she's basically a judge, jury, and executioner here. Um, so she will uh, have somebody implement the uh consequence to the person uh in front of her so uh Ah. the adjudicator wow she is mean and nasty um and you do if you if the if the adjudicator is coming you do not want to be in uh the building because you're not even really safe from her in the continental so uh oh yeah she's like she's like the law of the of the hitman (laughs) <laughs> yes, she the is the, law. the hitman law. She is the hitman judge. Um, so what did you think about uh, Katie McGrath's performance as the adjudicator? Well, that one scene was great. Let's <laughs> let's go ahead and say it now. That one scene, <laughs> fantastic, life-changing. Uh, no, she got like, I think five minutes would be a generous screen time. I, that would uh, be generous. It was yeah. more like two minutes of screen time. And it was mostly they were just like torturing a guy um, because he was in on the plot to get that coin press that everybody is like so obsessed with. <laughs> and she's like, you don't understand. You did all this for $40,000. And I was like, first off, Katie McGraw. Forty thousand dollars in nineteen seventies money, which oh, as we oh, do you have the calculator? Do you have the calculator? You know, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, what is the inflation calculator. The say? inflation calculator. Says, so let's say what what <laughs> what do we think it was like nineteen seventy five or something? Sure, let's go with let's that. go with that. Okay, so <laughs> forty thousand dollars. Three uh, would have been about two hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars now. Okay, so, that's a lot. You know, not nothing, nothing to scoff at, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, the, what you had was priceless, and then I was like. 
the coin machine. Um, so I feel like <laughs> coins are important in the universe, I, Morgan. <laughs> I think that that is kind of so. I'm so happy to learn that the coin thing is like a movie reference that like they assumed that the audience, the audience <laughs> was excited to join, to dive deeper into the world of John Wick. Like they assumed that the audience would be like, yes, I know why these coins are important. Yes. <laughs> I know why people would care so much about these coins where I'm like, I mean, they're coin, like make your own coins, like create a new mint, like get out there. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so she she's basically just like, you didn't know what you had. Um, and then she tells the guy to kill him. And that's her whole scene. She's got like a like a weird mask on, right. but it's only on like the bottom part of her face. So like the top part of her face is Katie McGraw. And you're like, yes, beautiful. And then the bottom part of her face is like a creepy China doll mask. And you're like, ooh, don't like it. Uh, <laughs> so I am interested to find out... This now based on the two character posters, this doesn't seem like a like an attribute of the adjudicator. It doesn't seem like like when you become the adjudicator, they're like, okay, now the bottom of your face is gonna get real weird. <laughs> and that's just part of the role. Uh, because this lady has just her whole face, no mask. Yes, that is different. So in the movies, she uh the adjudicator does not have uh the thing hanging on the bottom of her her face. That has not been explained yet in episode one. Maybe it will be explained in episodes two and three. I have not personally watched them as of yet. Um, so maybe that is going to be explained. But it's definitely a choice here in the TV show that uh, it's uh, weirdly there for no reason at, that we can tell as of yet. Yeah, I mean, visually, it's really cool looking. I will give it to, like, it's creepy, but it yes. is cool. You're like, oh, that's like a striking character design. Uh, but yeah, there was no explanation for it. And I kind of thought like, oh, okay, she's the adjudicator. That She's got that weird mask. Like, that must be all the adjudicators have that weird mask. So to learn that that is just for this show is kind of wild. Yeah, there must be a, a, a backstory for her of some uh, horrible thing that has a messed up her backstory. face. Yes. <laughs> she's has She has some sort of face disfigurement, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, she is different there. So we do see uh, Katie McGraw's character, the adjudicator, uh, implementing a, a punishment and going to somebody who has uh, done something wrong in the underworld. So I, I felt like that was a pretty good uh, prequel or even kind of in some way like a follow-up to the adjudicator in John Wick 3. Uh, so I, I felt like that was somewhat similar. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the one in the movies is incredibly nasty. The stuff they do to Lawrence Fishburne is... Rough. Oh no! Is, so does the adjudicator only show up in the third movie? I believe so, if I remember okay. correctly. So, like, <laughs> you watched them all pretty fast. <laughs> I did. They all sort of blended together. But if I remember correctly, it's like John Wick avenging his puppy. Movie one, movie two is Ruby Rose and this guy wanting John Wick to kill his sister, and then movie three is like Halle Berry adjudicator the world hunting down John Wick. That's Interesting. kind of how I would summarize it uh, without now, getting too spoilery. In the in the comments, Aaron does have a spoiler for the show. Now, should it's not a heavy spoiler, um, but 
I, I wasn't sure how spoilery we wanted to get in this pilot. So I guess uh, everybody knows it's a spoiler. So I guess let's just make that announcement. If you don't want to hear, just kind of shut your your ears for like just 30 skip seconds. Skip ahead like a minute. minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I guess we could talk about it because we we are talking about the world of John. The Mike. world. The so, overall world of John. So I guess we could talk about it. So Aaron says, spoilers, they don't explain why she has a mask in the series. What? <laughs> But the reason was released after the series aired. Oh, that is poor form. I just wanted to kind of put that out there because I thought that was very funny and I wanted (laughs) to read it. (laughs) So they introduce this character with a mystery on her face. They decide that is not necessary to explain. (laughs) Now... If they maybe had like a season two, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, lengthen the mystery a little bit, sort of draw it out, make us really want it. But if if they've already spoiled it after the show, like finished in in the third episode, what's the point? Yeah. It seems like they're not going to dive back into that. So I don't don't like that at all. I don't like that. No. I think that is a bad choice, uh, (laughs) writing wise. I think you have to, you have to explain that. She shows up in this weird face mask, and then if they you, never explain it. If you have a character just show up looking like Phantom of the Opera, you're just <laughs> not going to address it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you have time; you can touch upon it. Um, so that is uh, strange. Uh, Mind the gap in the comments says they are going to make a spinoff called Ballerina. So I think they hope the world of John Wick is the spinoff branding. I love it. I mean, uh, now, now that let's just John dive Wick on fan, in. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm really bought into the world of John Wick now, so I might as well just keep watching it. I'm invested <laughs> at this point, um, and so, so that people who have not uh, watched the John Wick movies, uh, the ballerina is a reference to Angelica Houston's character, who is oh. called the director, and she's like a, a theater lady, and she has uh, ballerinas on stage. Uh, with her um, in one of the movies, maybe John Wick three. Now I have a great question. Yes, are the ballerinas hitmen? Probably, <laughs> uh, because they have this school where uh, these young boys are like wrestling and learning how to fight, and I assume the ballerinas also have some oh. sort of like skills. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, they don't, I don't think they show a ballerina killing someone, but I just got that vibe. They all had like tattoos like John Wick did. Interesting. So I kind of, I felt, I felt like they had a John Wick uh, connection. Very, very Black Widow-esque to have like the ballerinas secretly assassins. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And the director, Angelica Houston's character is also somebody who serves the high the high table is what they're called. I almost said high council. It's the high table. Ah, the high, uh, so the high table. Those are like the big wigs of the assassin yes. universe of the yes. of the world of John Wick. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the the ballerina uh, thing is connected to her character. So I think that could uh, mm-hmm. maybe delve into the how assassins uh, get trained. Possibly that's Ooh. my that's my theory. I don't know. That could be good. I yeah. I think I feel like I'd watch that. I might watch that. <laughs> how how long is it is going to be my first question. And then, <laughs> then I'll decide if I'm going to watch it. 
Um, yeah, so I think uh, maybe maybe we could uh, make this a thing where we just kind of dive into we the just, world of John Wick every now and then. We just every now and then dip into the world of John Wick. <laughs> what, if, what, if they, what if the ballerina show has a cast member from Supergirl and like every additional John Wick show just has like a new cast member? Who, Come on, which, Kyler, let's get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler could do it. Kyler could do it. She could, she, she'd be great on the ballerina. I think that would be awesome uh i was trying to think of who else uh could be on there but i mean i think kyler's a good choice yeah she could, she could be training those ballerinas how to kill somebody exactly we already know she can kill with like she can save herself with her pants yeah uh, she is really good with that alien gun i think she's ready she's got the skills i think she's she got can, the skills i think she can do it um Bringing it back to the pilot, though, of this uh, TV series, <laughs> uh, speaking of some people who killed some folks, um, let's talk about two of my new favorite John Wick characters, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yes. Um, if this picture doesn't say it all, I, I truly <laughs> don't know it. So these are the twin characters. They both have blunt bang. It's a man and a woman. They both have blunt bangs and like long black hair. Uh, it is a truly frightening look uh, with, <laughs> when two people have that exact haircut. It's like not a look that you see on men that often. Um, and he and they're both like very pale too. They definitely look like horror movie characters. <laughs> uh, and uh, you just know that they're into some weird stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when yeah. they uh, when they go to get them uh, involved in the action, she's just like casually like sponging blood off of her. I, not her own. For no, sure. probably not. <laughs> yeah. So these characters are called to assassinate uh, Frankie Scott um, and uh, trying to get the coin press back. So they are sent by Cormac O'Connor, played by Mel Gibson, to go do that. He actually refers to them as the weirdos. Um, so they're <laughs> definitely pretty weird. Uh, but the uh, the lady of the twins, uh, she's a pretty good shot with that gun. So uh, she ends up shooting Frankie and he does die. So R.I.P. Frankie Scott. Uh, you only lasted one episode in the John we Wick barely the world you. of John Wick. <laughs> Uh, most people don't last very long in the world of John Wick anyway. So I guess uh, that's uh, par for the course here. Um, so uh, I think that kind of touches upon uh, most of the characters uh, that we uh, needed to talk about. So um, and and I guess we also talked about sort of the the world and the story that it was telling. So, uh, Morgan, are there any other thoughts that you have about the Continental? I guess. The thing I would ask you to, to answer for me, because I'm curious. We talked about the ballerina in case in case the ballerina comes out and we want to watch it. But as far as the Continental from the world of John Wick, would you keep watching? Because there's there's only two other episodes. So, the, so there are only two other episodes. That is true. But they are very long. They are very <laughs> long episodes at an hour and a half. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mike was liking it. So I might just like, I might just stick in there. <laughs> so he knows how it ends. Um, I'm always making him watch these pilots for these shows. And then he's like, okay, episode two. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm done. <laughs> Feels a little cruel. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like it was a well done show. Like the production values were really good. Um, there might, I had some issues with some of the action sequences, really feeling like I was watching like a cut scene from a video game, but the action was really good. Like some of the car chase scenes were good. I like the, uh, the time period. I love like the sort of the seventies fashion and like the seventies flair of things. Uh, and some of the characters, seemed like they could be interesting. I think my biggest issue with the pilot is that for me, somebody who is not well immersed in the world of John Wick, uh, these characters did not feel developed enough for me to like really be like, I want to know what happens next with Winston, not because I know him as an old, older man from the current movies, but because I care about this character right now. And so I was just like, Oh man, that sucks for Winston. Uh, like there was like, some of the characters that were like a little bit more lighthearted. I like the um, the characters who uh, ran the dojo. I wanted to yes. kind of learn more about Lou and them. Miles. Yeah, Lou and Miles. I really liked Lou. I really wanted to know more about her character and his character and like what the dojo meant to them and why they have just like an <laughs> arms dealership underneath of the dojo and like. <laughs> uh the, it's it felt like this uh this 90 minute episode one introduced so many characters but it didn't spend that for being 90 minutes it didn't spend that much time with all of those characters for me to like be like okay i'm really invested in what happens to this character or i'm really invested in what happens to yen or i'm really invested in what happens to kd and whether or not she can ever figure out the monetary system of the continent <laughs> I was like, okay, I think some of these characters are intriguing and I think they could be fun, but they're not that fun right now. <laughs> I think that was sort of the issue for me. It was also like the violence level in the show, which I knew kind of going in was going to be bad, but it was pretty violent. So I was just like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was like constantly, constantly underneath the blanket, like peering out from one side, like, are they done killing that man yet? <laughs> um, so, so I just feel like if maybe if they had shortened down some of those action sequences a little bit and added in more character development um that might have been better because i i do feel like you could maybe see the the preview for it and say oh that looks cool and then wonder hey well i haven't watched any of the john wick movies like can i watch this and i feel like it should stand alone and for the most part i would say it kind of does but I think that the, the ways that it doesn't stand alone is that it like, expects you to care about these characters coming in instead of making you care about these characters. And I'm putting a lot of emphasis on episode one only because it's 90 minutes. Like <laughs> they, they, That's like three or four regular length episodes yeah. for most TV shows. And most TV shows have gotten you to care about the characters by like episode three. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting about those 90-minute episodes. I, I kind of wonder if they wrote this like they were writing a trilogy of films. And then they just said, oh, well, let's just break it up into three parts and make it a TV series. Like, that, it does I, I kind of feel that they, way. Yeah, um, I think that is an astute observation. I did wonder if people who had not watched the movies and binged them like I did over the course of two days <laughs> if uh, if someone had not seen them would they be lost so I think that's a really good perspective to share as someone who uh even watched the movies I did struggle with kind of keeping up with who the characters were and even even knowing their names was difficult sometimes 
<laughs> it's a small criticism, but they did not say the characters' names enough. They yeah. said like Winston and Frankie. I was like, got them, got them. Yes. They're in the vault. Yeah, uh, and like Yen, they said. Um, but some of the like when we were talking about the characters who had the dojo, Lou and Miles, I think. Yes. Um, they did not say those names enough. I was like the dojo characters. <laughs> I'm not like necessarily good with names, but like. I try usually and I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what these characters are, are named at all. Like I like them. Uh, but yeah, I think that they, they could have made it like a little bit easier to follow all of the characters um, and get a little bit more invested in this episode. Yeah. Sharon, they said a lot. <laughs> good. Yeah. Sharon got name checked quite a bit. KD. I didn't know until I was looking at the John wick. Uh, oh Wiki. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, when, you, when you said, Ka like, when I was like, is Katie someone? I thought that was a completely different character. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's the police lady? Oh, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hansel and Gretel, I thought was just like a nickname that he was calling them. But that yeah. apparently, according to the wiki, it's like, that's those are their names. That's their names, which yes. is fantastic. Yeah. No notes so, for Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> they were doing the most. I, I appreciated it. They really made an impact in the episode for me. So I think they uh, were uh, stealing the show towards the end of it. I do think that the, it could have done better at establishing who the characters were and uh, making you want to care about them. But I guess, to be fair, uh, the John Wick movies have a hard time of doing that, too. <laughs> like, like you know John Wick really well, because you're following John Wick every second of the movies. But some of these other characters, it kind of takes a little while to kind of get to know them and, like, who the people are and their relationships to each other. And then it's like, oh, Halle Berry's here? Who's she? What is her deal? And so it's like, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to kind of get to know people because they might die 10 minutes later so it's it's so maybe uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> so it's just something where i think that's kind of how this universe goes uh not to say that you can't do that better in tv format that's definitely something that you can improve upon uh, but i did think the sets and um the aesthetics of the john wick universe were present in this tv show they recreate i don't i don't know if they use the same sets or they like rebuilt everything um but the hallway going into the uh, front desk, all of that just was very, uh, very familiar to me. So I, as someone who had watched the movies, I could kind of jump in and go, yeah, like this, this is the Continental. I know this place. Um, so that I, I, th I thought they did a really good job with the sets and the looks. Um, and I thought the opening title sequence was amazing. Really cool. Yeah, the animation of that I thought was very good. Uh, and ending on that uh, little statue that was flipping the bird. Uh, yes. Which, <laughs> which you don't find out what that is until af uh, at the end of episode one, I thought was a really um, good thing to sneak in there. Because when I first watched it, I was like, what is, what is this? Um, so that ends up being the thing that's inside the coin press box uh, that I guess ha uh, Frankie had taken whatever was in the coin press box and had removed it and put that little statue in. Is that kind of what you got? So this was uh this was a critique I had um that like I didn't understand again spoilers for episode one, um but I didn't understand why if he took the coin press whatever was in the coin press the coin press I assume um out and put this like little statue in why he would then sacrifice himself to save uh to save them because 
the whole organization is going to open it up, see that little statue flipping them off, and then go right back to trying to kill them. Like, he maybe saved them for the night, but he didn't save them, like, overall. So I feel like if in that scenario, I'd just be like, you know what? We're already in the air. We're pretty close to being out of this. <laughs> also, the helicopter pilot got shot. I thought for sure that helicopter yeah. was going down. <laughs> But he was like, you know what, guys, I got this. He just like doing the like one arm thing, just, <laughs> <laughs> just driving it. I thought Frankie was going to have to fly the helicopter because they talked about how he had been in the war. So I was like, oh, maybe he has helicopter experience. No, he jumped out. That's um, what I thought, too. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> so I hope the helicopter lasts. Like, I hope they land in episode two and they're OK. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they touch ground. Um, I think probably Frankie knew that no matter what, they were going to kill him. And so I guess this mm. was his way of sacrificing for them and doing what he considered to be the right thing. But to your point, like they could have just kept going and they would have just had to, I guess, uh, run away for another day or two. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, it, it feels like they, he, they only really stop them from going after them for like the evening because they're going to, they're going to see that the coin press isn't in there and be like, well, back to killing. Uh, <laughs> so I, as a noble sacrifice it, like it worked sort of medium for me because i was like wait when they opened it up i was like oh but it's not in there so like mike thought like oh maybe he didn't know that it was just the statue oh, in there maybe like, somebody else flipped switched it out or something who knows we'll, we'll find out i guess in episode two or maybe not because we don't know why or the adjudicator is wearing that mask <laughs> Or maybe so we'll maybe never know. <laughs> none of our questions are going to be answered. Um, uh, I will, uh, before I wrap up with my thoughts, uh, I thought I'd pop in here with the chat here. Uh, Aaron says the soundtrack is pretty good. Very 70s. Yeah, they did a really good job with all the 70s uh, stuff in there, even to the point of putting the World Trade Towers back in those exterior oh, shots i didn't notice that oh that's yeah wild they did that several times where they had like an exterior uh like a wide cityscape shot of new york city and had the the two twin towers in there oh, uh, wow. which would have existed in the 1970s uh let's see and then aaron also says i only saw the first movie uh it was on the background and i was able to make it through the three episodes without being too confused so that's good uh so yeah. if, you, if you just dipped your toe into the world of john wick you'd probably be okay with his tv show yeah i i, I do think that like they did a pretty successfully create a show that you can just if you haven't seen any john wick movies you can like like i did you know but for science um <laughs> You could really dive in and just be like, okay, and it's it is a complete story. I feel like what it's missing is some of like the character shadings and some of the characterization and the character work because they're kind of like relying on you knowing that character from a previous property. But as a story, you can just like dive in and I don't feel like you're super confused. You're like, okay, yeah, this is, I mean, I, ha I was confused about the monetary system of the hitman, <laughs> uh, but I feel like, mo I feel like for most normal people, that's not going to be too huge of a concern for them. They're not going to hyper fixate it on it. Like I was like, well, why do they need these coins? <laughs> it's a good question. Honestly, uh, Aaron also says they altered the title sequence each episode to foreshadow a thing or two in each episode. Ooh. So that'll be something to look forward to because i will probably keep 
watching this show. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of in it now. (laughs) After an hour and a half, I feel like you're definitely in it. You know what I also thought was really funny is that if I watch this show, uh, The Continental, from the world of John Wick, and then I continue to watch all the John Wick movies, I will have watched them in, like, chronological order. I will have experienced them timeline order. Ooh, I think that actually would be a that would be a flip for yeah. me. So I think that would actually be a cool way to watch it. Now, I will say, I really think you would watch you would like the John Wick movies because they're over the top and ridiculous, and they have these weird like things about them that I'm just like, this is this is so ludicrous, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. So I think you would enjoy um, the uh, the hyper. Uh, reality that these people exist in that it's just so it's 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 almost like the like people in the real world if they exist i don't know i think everybody in the world is a hitman so oh my gosh (laughs) so i i don't think there are like real people in the john wick world it's just everybody is gonna kill you it's Um, just all hitmen (laughs) so i wonder if that's like also now that i think about it like a metaphor for 1970s new york city because there was a lot of Ooh, crime. That's true. You that's know? true. Like everybody could just be doing crimes all the time. Anyway, they that are just, in the John Wick universe. <laughs> I don't think they're real people. Uh, because they just uh, like somebody got killed one time in one of those movies in like a like a public train station. <laughs> nobody said anything. Everybody just kept walking. I was like, do they not notice? There's like a de- a dead body with blood all over. Oh the my floor. god! It do- it does make more sense. Now that it, like I got to the end of the the first episode, because halfway through the first episode, when he made that guy jump, I was like, "Isn't that gonna like trigger a whole police investigation? Isn't your whole situation here to be like in under the radar?" And now that I know that like everybody just kind of knows that's where the assassins hang out and they're chill <laughs> with it, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I guess just they just like, occasionally clean up a dead body outside of that hotel. <laughs> So that's actually a good point because that is something that sort of happens in the first John Wick movie when all that stuff happens and the dog gets murdered. Like John Wick's house is just destroyed. Everything is just like a wreck. This is before it gets blown up. Or is it or is it after? Anyway, his house (laughs) is like mangled, dead bodies everywhere, just a horrible like uh, just uh, the crime scene is just uh, disgusting. And uh, a local, uh, I think, police officer comes to his front door. And instead of, like, having a gun to, like, want to shoot the local police officer, he opens up the door. The local, the police officer is like, John, you working again? And so, like, the police know he's an assassin. The local fire department, after his house blows up, comes to his house to put out the fire. And uh, they're like... So are you you working again? So like everybody knows he's Back an in assassin. The biz. Yeah, <laughs> everyone so funny. Knows. So I guess people know and don't care. It's I guess I guess they have I guess that has to be what what the situation is. They're just okay with it. Everybody's just kind of bought into the world of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is uh, going to kill you for money, and it's fine. It's just one of those things. Uh, so yeah, you have uh, to you have to collect enough coins, and then you get a star, and then <laughs> you're so powerful. I really think you would enjoy the movies. They are, <laughs> I think, bonkers. They're bonkers and uh, really over the top. But I think they're actually uh, 
pretty entertaining. So anyway, so I think I will keep watching this show just to see what happens and how it ties into the world. I also want to see more than five minutes of Katie McGraw. I feel like I was sort of ch- uh, promised a bill of yeah. goods and like yes. cheat it. Um, <laughs> they're like Katie, and he, she was all over the promotional material. Too. Oh yeah, like, her, like creepy face with the thing, and I was like, oh, I love this. I love this for Katie. <laughs> uh, and then I watched the first episode. She's in it for two minutes, so I guess I have to continue. Maybe that's what. Maybe that was their plan. They were Ooh, like, yeah, just they're a, gonna sprinkle, hook you. Just a little sprinkle of Katie in this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if they if they get you for Katie, the, you'll stay for Katie. So I, I think that probably was the intention. So uh, I'm glad you were able to have a first experience into the world of John Wick. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully you'll get to continue that as uh, we go along, because uh, I'll, I'll check in with you and see how you uh, like the second episode, because I'll, I'll, I'll be your accountability person <laughs> nice, to see if nice. you actually followed <laughs> up with it. Um, but I guess that's going to do it for our uh, conversation, our little pilot pod here on the Continental from the world of John Wick. And um, uh, so that's going to wrap up our discussion. So now we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DCTV uh, podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page now see here supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you want to listen to other shows we've got the flash podcast legends of tomorrow podcast the lituation room dc on hbo max podcast star girl podcast superman and lois radio green lantern podcast the sandman podcast dc tv after dark and justice league dark podcast and Morgan, do you want to tell the 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 viewing and uh, listening audience about the Tea Public Store? I would love to. Uh, since we watched the Continental, we have some Katie McGraw designs in the DC TV podcast Tea Public Store that we would love to suggest. Yeah, we don't have any adjudicator designs, but we do have <laughs> Lena Luther designs. Uh, so if you want some Lena Luther uh, merch, go to the DC TV podcast T Public Store, and we've got some designs for you to check out. And uh, before, well, actually, uh, I guess I'll do it after we talk about the. Uh, legion of super sponsors so we do have a patreon if people would like to support it uh we have uh what we call the legion of super sponsors so if you would like to support the uh supergirl radio patreon you can become a legion of super sponsors these people are michael and marie yvonne quinn nicola abby miriam nicole brian ethan danny majuba and lingonberry 
And if you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. And I did want to get to uh, one comment before we leave, because I think this is a question we really should answer, because uh, this could uh, get us in trouble if we don't answer it. Oh. Uh, Mind the Gap uh, asks, uh, both Rebecca and Morgan are assassins. I, I just want to like make it I very mean, clear. In the world of John Wick, we would be. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make it very clear. Not in the real world, we are not. No, but no, no. Possibly, if we were in the world of John Wick, odds are pretty good. Odds are odds are high if we're Statistically in the world. Statistically, very high. It, I'm there's other people besides assassins, but not many. Not many. Just not there's many. No. Like a couple of cops, and that's kind of it. <laughs> what if I just like pulled out like a gold doubloon, like just <laughs> quietly showed it on camera and put it away? <laughs> not me. <laughs> So, uh, no, we are not assassins. Just wanted to uh, clear the air there in case people are uh, uh, curious about the answer to that question. Well, if you would like to uh, follow up with me and catch uh, catch me and what I'm doing on the Internet, you can follow me on Instagram at The Derby Kid. I'm also on the social media platform Vero uh, at Derby Kid over there. And if you were on Vero, you would know that uh, Rebecca Johnson has recently watched John Wick, John Wick <laughs> 2, John Wick 3, and the pilot episode of The Continental. Um, so that's the cool thing about Vero is that you can share what you've been watching. And so people who follow me on Vero know they probably were not surprised to find out that Supergirl Radio was talking about the world of John Wick because they saw that I was watching the entire John Wick series. <laughs> you, you got deep into the canon of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed to do the background research on that. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that you can check out at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Hopefully uh, going to try to do some uh, new content regarding Rebel Moon and uh, some other things over there. I also uh, have a travel blog that I need to restart with my brother called Oasis Broom. So uh, you can find Oasis Broom on all of the social media platforms and on YouTube. Um, so if you want to check out our travels, you can do that over there. Uh, I just wanted to pull up this one comment before I plug. Uh, okay. which is, Rachel said, uh, one of either Rebecca or Morgan probably goes by Fleur de Lis in the world of John Wick. Okay. If you were an assassin and That's you need oh, incredible name, an incredible we assassin. We, name. Sh we should get together with Anna and write like a story. Like a, a like a like a maybe a comic book. We could get together a cat and do like a Kickstarter the, and be there like, we go. like build a what she could a Florida Lee could be like the female John Wick. Yes, I love I love this. <laughs> Anna, call us. Uh, <laughs> we could get a Florida Lee. All kinds of stuff cooking, you guys. <laughs> I I think it's very possible we could get a Florida Lee comic book created we could we could get that we could get that to happen <laughs> <laughs> i the feel like are, the people demand it i feel like we know people who could make a Fleur de Lis comic book happen for us <laughs> write um, us in let us know <laughs> do you want to see it um <laughs> you can find me on the internet uh twitter and instagram at mojotastic you can also find me as a co-host on the legendary ladies podcast uh you can find us on twitter at legendary scare yeah, underscore podcast uh, on YouTube at the legendary ladies on 
on uh, Instagram at the Legendary Ladies, on Patreon at the Legendary Ladies, where if you support us, you can see episodes early. You can uh, talk in the chat. And I believe this week we are going to be covering the new Netflix movie, May, December, um, which I have been seeing is getting a lot of buzz. Um, but I have not seen it yet. Um, so we will be talking about uh, what we thought of that movie. I always like to leave my viewing to the last possible moment. <laughs> Netflix has actually been putting out some interesting stuff here lately. There's apparently some new Julia Roberts like uh, disaster movie. Really? Uh, and I was like, what is what is this? <laughs> I feel like Netflix scary. is like really good at throwing money into like a fire pit. Um, <laughs> but then like really bad at promoting the the movies that they then spent like millions of dollars making. It'll just kind of pop up on my screen. And I'll go, oh hey, I didn't know Julia Roberts was in a new movie. And that will be the extent of my knowledge <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> also, how does Netflix make money? Is it just subscriptions? I don't know. I don't Do they have a high table? Who's like, I think you can do. Do they no. make money in gold they coins? Make, they make their own money. They're making their own <laughs> doubloons. They're like, don't they worry. They have a coin guys. press. Could you imagine them just like paying Julia Roberts in like a, just a big bag of coins? <laughs> like she's Uncle Scrooge from like the ducks, <laughs> like DuckTales. Do you think it's possible? I'm just, I just now uh, have this thought. Do you think there is a like a real world continental? Do you think there's like a hotel in the Ooh. world where like, if you all go, it's like where all, all assassins, assassins are? I think it's possible. Conspir- I think I'm, I'm going to lean on that conspiracy theory. It could be possible. I think that like it's more likely that the uh, the the assassin hotel is just like a regular hotel. So there's like literally just like a family checking in from like <laughs> North Dakota. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go to the M&M store. And then over in the corner, like the assassins drinking and they're like. <laughs> silly families and then they like <laughs> slide their doubloon across the counter <laughs> we should keep track of what julia roberts is doing maybe we she's getting gold coins from netflix we need to check we, out what can we can we be sure that julia roberts herself is not a hitman <laughs> allegedly 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 we, we've, ne- we've never seen her and and a possible hitman in the same room together. that is true that's all i'm saying, all I'm saying. What if Julia Roberts shows up in like the next uh like John Wick movie? Like we put it out into the universe. <laughs> She's like starring style. as a female assassin in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like I would what? watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. That would be awesome. <laughs> um yeah, so in my conspiracy mind, there probably is like an underground somewhere, yeah. Just assassins. I feel like that probably exists somewhere. Um, Well, uh, very exciting about new (laughs) Legendary Ladies content. Um, Also, uh, Fisk Season 2 is out on Netflix. Just want to put that out there. Great show. If you've never watched Fisk. Have you never watched Fisk? Wait, I I don't... I'm not sure if I've heard of this. So it it was one of those things that popped up on my Netflix over the weekend. I was like, oh, Fisk Season 2. They didn't advertise it, but now I see that it's there. It's about it's a it's a like an Australian show about this woman oh. who who's like a lawyer for uh like estate plan like family estate planning. It's so funny. That looks I I <laughs> am such a sucker for like foreign comedies uh, or especially like the like the British ones and like this you said Australian so I'm like oh that's gonna be fun little accents. Uh, so I'm gonna put this on my list because I <laughs> I really feel like I need like a nice little like 
comedy right now. And this seems delightful. <laughs> Morgan, it's so good. I really think you'll like it. <laughs> it's such a boring, like, concept. Like, a family is stately. <laughs> it really is. But the characters in that show are so uh, uh, funny in the, the way they interact together. And the lady who plays Fisk, the main character, she's so good. So I just want to put that, uh, that out putting there. It, to I'm putting it on my list. And I'll catch up with John Wick. <laughs> After you watch all the John Wick movies, you're going to want a a palate cleanser and you can just go right over to Fisk. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. You've got two seasons waiting for you. I got my holiday viewing all queued up now. (laughs) There may be some Christmas stuff in one of the John Wick movies. Really? I mean, it's like a a perfect holiday movie, I think. I think so, too. Speaking (laughs) of holiday movies, should we we mention that our our patreon supporters we should mention that mm-hmm. so uh if you are a boardroom boss uh on uh the super radio patreon uh there should be a poll up now uh you might have already gotten a notification for it if you are a uh boardroom boss that you can help us pick which christmas movie we are going to review next week so if you are listening to this go to the super radio patreon vote in the poll of which movie we have. we've given you four choices and so if you will give us uh, your pick, we will review that movie. Some might say this is a very important task that we've given you. A yes. very, very important task. <laughs> they are all uh, titles that have a Supergirl TV uh, um, actor or actress in it. So uh, that is our tie to it. So we will re- be reviewing a Christmas holiday movie starring one of those people. So it's either... Uh, a Kyler Lee movie, a Laura Vandervoort movie, a Terry Hatcher movie, or a Brandon uh, Routh movie featuring kittens. So I don't want that to sway you at all I don't in want your it to choice. Sway you, but <laughs> <laughs> what if what if somehow uh, what wins is just buttons again as like a write-in? <laughs> <laughs> we want just more years, buttons. <laughs> just years later. Do we see it the same? Has anything changed? <laughs> Ah, but oh, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, maybe somebody needs to uh, expand the buttons universe. I feel like it already kind of did at the end of it. it was, I feel was, like wasn't true. there like another generation of buttons? I that feel happened like the, at the end. Like our buttons episode is like one of like one of the hardest I've ever laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that movie made no sense. So much happening in that movie. <laughs> It is one of our finest episodes. So if you've not uh, listened to or watched our stream on... Um, You're trying to get into the holiday spirit. Can we suggest <laughs> buttons? We're not really sure if it's Buttons, A Christmas Tale, or they have like three titles. Uh, so we just call it Buttons because we're really not sure which one is correct. So you definitely should check out our our episode on the Katie McGrath Christmas movie buttons the one of two katie mcgraw christmas movies <laughs> that we've reviewed the other being a princess for christmas which Let, uh listen if katie does another one we'll be there we'll oh my gosh it. we if we could we this would do an entire pod, we would do an entire <laughs> podcast on katie mcgraw christmas movies they're all so good <laughs> What if she became, this is, we have like gone down a tangent. We're, we're, we're so far, we're far from away where we now. were. <laughs> But 
you know how uh, Candace Cameron Burr, I guess is her full name. She's yeah. like the queen of like Hallmark movies and like has her own like network now, I guess, of just like Christmas movies. Just Christmas. I, yes. I wish that was like a Katie McGrath thing where she just like yes. all she did was Christmas movies and they were like really cheesy and didn't make any sense. And, and yet somehow she manages to do like 10 of them a year. And you're oh like, oh, my gosh, Katie, how? What, but how do you have the time? She's like, oh, we do it in one day. OK, here's my pitch. <laughs> Katie McGraw Christmas movies by the minute. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because listen, there are rich texts, right? <laughs> All layered, very layered. Very layered. Could you imagine having to do that rap in a princess for Christmas by the minute? <laughs> <laughs> line by line, just, just as we start to break. <laughs> we have a break with reality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying she makes a couple more of those movies and we're going to start a series on it. Just uh, Katie McGraw Christmas movies by the minute. Uh, that's going to be a our podcast promise to in you. The future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a threat to you. Well, if that's the way you want to see it. Also true. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> uh, she should make more Christmas movies. I'm sorry. We've already run out of them. Um, well, I guess that gets us to the end of the podcast episode here. Uh, so that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I had to think about and it for a second. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Or are you an assassin? <laughs> I'm a and hitman. Uh, one of the hitmen. A, you're a hitman. Uh, and I'm still Morgan Glennon. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> now I just pull out my doubloon. Uh, <laughs> and we're glad to see Katie McGraw in a new TV series. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl.